welcome, I guess. <laughs> so I'm Ben, and this is Lenny. Um, this is our attempt one at um, our first first little podcast. And yeah. what are we addressing today, Ben? Today we're going to be talking about what is strength training and who is it for? What are the advantages and disadvantages? Yeah, you'd think that question's pretty obvious, but <clears throat> a lot of people still somehow um, don't see all the benefits and what really, uh, I guess, happens across the lifespan with strength training. I think there's a lot of little things that people also don't realize can happen. Um, and it's something that there's also a lot of myths around. Mm. There's so many things that have been passed down from evidence from years and years ago that we still think are true. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's, yeah, 100%. Like, they still... Even some schools still teach it as part of their curriculum. So it's mm. it's um, definitely something that needs to be brought more to the attention of today's current um, standard, I guess. Yep. And I mean, so a, a really broad definition of strength training is basically any form of resistance, providing any form of resistance training against the body with the potential for... Um, increasing muscle mass, increasing muscle strength or muscle power. Yeah. Do you reckon that would be, what do you think? I'd say pretty much, yes. Any sort of, as you said, resistance training that in, um, induces enough of a stimulus to um, elicit a anabolic response so you get stronger or you get, as you said, bigger or you get... More powerful. Better. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Cool. And I mean, well, what is its purpose? Purpose. Well, I suppose it's pretty much the same thing. <laughs> yeah, I mean, just that, right? Like, um, I feel like the purpose can differ depending on the individual, though. Like, if you had a child doing strength training, yep. what is the purpose for that child doing strength training? What, what Do they play a sport? Do they just want to get out of the house? Do they want to get off their phones? Yeah, what's the par- I guess that comes into what's the parents' purpose for the kid as well. Yeah, that's a great. Yeah, that's a great question. So starting there, we can probably go through. Well, what do we? What do you need to know about children and strength training? I suppose when we say children as well, we're talking about anyone up to say the age of sixteen, seventeen, eighteen, up until that point where they're sort of entering adulthood, the young adulthood. Mm, yeah, there's um. Obviously, the younger kids, like 8 to 12, and then uh, it's like sort of pre, pre-puberty. Yep. Um, and then after that, you've got the sort of adolescent age, 12 to 17, 18, where they start going through um, that puberty stage. So we obviously know we have um, reproductive sex hormones that start to develop yep. during that age. Changes um, a whole lot of things. Oh, absolutely. Mm. Um, I guess like sort of... Like, going back to the 8 to 12 years of age, though, like, we're not going to really see much of a hypertrophic response. Um, and what that means is just a, just a scientific word for, like, get increasing muscle size. Yes. Um, for, the, for that age group, just because they don't have enough anabolic um, hormones to stimulate any sort of yes. yep. muscle, muscle um, building. Yep, and this is where I think a lot of people will get scared about their kids doing any form of resistance training because they think that they're going to put on lots of muscle or it's going to stunt their growth. Stunt their growth. Yeah. So that's 
that's something that we can address with um, epiphyseal plate fractures and that sort of thing. That was a big a bit of a myth, hey, and stomach yeah. growth. So there's the evidence basically shows that there's no that there's no evidence on longitudinal um, stunting of growth in children due to resistance training. What we mean by longitudinal growth is the actual length of their limbs and the length of so the length of each part of their body doesn't change whole body wide. The only thing that can happen is because they have epiphyseal plates which aren't fused yet, which is what happens when you enter adulthood, those can fracture, which those are just your growth plates. Everyone knows them as growth plates. They can potentially be fractured, which then that reduces, the, that stops the growth of a particular area. Mm. Again, that won't stop the growth of the entire body, just one specific area. And even then, like, what's the likelihood of getting a fracture exactly. if you're following a good strength training program with yeah. a good coach? Yeah. And the evidence I've found, and I think you've found the same thing, is that if they have a good coach, the, the chances of it are so low. Oh, 100%. Yeah. I think that belief probably stemmed from, like, the very 0.01% um, population that happened, that ha- happened in. And even then... I'm sure they weren't following any sort of strength training program. Absolutely. And I think the thing with the um, with everyone thinking that it stunts growth is that you notice that all all real... Well, actually, I won't say all because there's some really good weightlifters and powerlifters who are super tall, but a lot of good, really good weightlifters and powerlifters are quite short. Mm. Um, so I suppose the analogy you can use is that basketball doesn't make you tall. Playing basketball doesn't make you tall. No. Tall people are just good at basketball. Tall people are good at basketball, So yeah. typically, short people who have shorter limbs are better at weightlifting, and generally. Not all the time, again, but typically, that's the way it is. So short people didn't become short because they were weightlifting <laughs> or strength training. They are really good at it, and they tended towards it because they happened to be good at it as a result of their their natural growth it's like what come first chicken or the egg well yeah, in this exactly. case it's the person is how they are and that's what that's why they're good at their sport it's not because they're good at this sport uh, yep. so it's not because they're short because of the sport yeah exactly um yeah and i guess going back to um that that eight to twelve years of age with the the kids um mo- mo- like obviously we don't see any muscle building but what we can see with strength training is still um, neurological adaptations, so neuromus- neuromuscular adaptations. Um, and what, what that sort of looks like is they develop motor patterns yep. earlier on. So they might have better motor patterns as they develop in their sport and they might learn um, those patterns easier. Um, and you also generally see a bit of a recruitment neuromuscular-wise in um, essentially like uh, a conversion of uh, basically slow twitch to fast twitch muscle fibers. So one, they might not be able to um, develop more muscle mass um, as as much as say someone that's post puberty. But what are the neuromuscular adaptations we can sort of look at? Well, they can develop more power. They can develop more speed. Still, this isn't. This isn't a consequence of more muscle mass. This is neuromuscular adaptations as a result of strength training. 
Yep, and a huge point I'm just going to touch on that you mentioned was those motor patterns. Because when we say motor patterns, what we mean is balance, coordination, just their ability to move effectively and efficiently and not stumble all over the place like a baby <laughs> giraffe. <laughs> yeah, 100%. So I think that's probably the biggest advantage overall is just teaching them how to move well. And that translates across to all sports, translates to general life, all kinds of things. Yeah, yeah. 100%. Awesome. Um, and I guess one final touch point is, like obviously with that age range, 8 to 12, they have um, a lot shorter um, attention spans. So obviously versus an adult where um, we sort of look forward to a long strength training session, well, most of us, um, the kids obviously want to have fun. So yeah. there is a bit of involvement of making it fun or some sort of game in that strength training, whereas you wouldn't do that for adult as much absolutely and if you're worried about injuries with children and strength training you can differentiate between hard resistances and soft resistances so you might just use sandbags uh, medicine balls all those sorts of things with kids where it might be enough resistance for them to still strength train they don't have to use dumbbells and barbells and kettlebells yeah less risk of injury if they drop a sandbag on themselves than on their foot instead of dropping a barbell on their foot definitely 100 percent. yeah anything else you wanted to address there uh for the 8 to 12s not not really i think that's basically a good touch point there it's like it's not harmful for the kids if you have an adequate coach that yep. knows what they're doing and a good plan in place yeah so what happens when they hit puberty yeah, well, what are the effects of puberty? Yeah, I mean, the, I think the biggest one is probably men and testosterone because testosterone is going to be the thing that gives us that, um, the ability to build muscle faster. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. So we have an increase in testosterone, more of an anabolic response. Um, obviously, we see changes in height, uh, I think, Especially for um, girls, they start growing um, taller faster, but um, guys generally grow taller for longer. So I think um, you see a lot of females at a younger age taller than some guys at the same age, but it's the guys, I guess, that grow taller at a more gradual pace, um, whereas the uh, females start growing, uh, stop growing a bit earlier. So what's that going to do with strength training? I guess um, that comes back to they might have some impaired proprioception. So their whereabouts in space as they're still getting familiar with um, their new, obviously this happens over a long period of time, but their new body, their new limb lengths, their abilities, it's still developing. Yep. So heaps of potential there. Yep. The good thing there as well is that as they hit puberty, they start to mature gradually. Um, and with maturity comes the ability to try harder things, maybe more challenging things with less risk of injury and that sort of thing. Like you would have with a child where maybe trying a, a barbell clean is going to be a, a bit much of a movement for them. You can start learning those more complex movements as they start to mature mm. through puberty. Yep. Yep. Cool. Anything else on um, children and adolescents? They should do strength training as early as they could. Absolutely. I would I would, 100% put 
if yep. I had kids, which hopefully I'm not for another at least ten years, <laughs> I <too>. would <laughs> I would get them into strength training as as fast as I could. But I think not just for the purpose of strength training, but enjoyment, because you got to think of like the kids long term. Like yep. if they don't enjoy what they're doing, why the heck are they going to do it for the rest of their life? Yep. So it's like you got to make sure they enjoy it. Teach them good habits young. Yeah, that's it. Cool. So should we move on to adults? Adults. Why should adults strength train? And what are the things to keep in mind? Indeed. Did you want to touch on that first? Yeah, sure. So bone mineral density, I would say, is a huge advantage that not a lot of people know about. So we know that the potential, the best time for increasing your bone mineral density. What is bone mineral density? Oh, that's, yep. Good point. So bone mineral density is a really big factor in how strong your bones are going to be as you age. Um, so typically, this is going a bit further ahead, but typically you see elderly people are really likely to fracture bones when they fall over and that sort of thing, whereas children or adults are much less likely to fracture things when they fall. That's because elderly population tends to have a lower bone mineral density because that's one of the things that drop off with age. So the biggest thing now is going to be trying to increase bone mineral density as much as possible up till the age of 30, which I believe that's where peak bone mineral density is. And then it's on a very slow decline from there onwards, most of the time. So focusing on strength training helps helps to load those bones and increase bone mineral density. Um, obviously that's alongside a good calcium intake and enough vitamin D and that sort of thing as oh, well. Yeah. Without yeah. that, it's not very useful. But yeah, this is the prime time to be strength training so you can increase bone mineral density. Before you get to that drop-off age. Yeah. And that's not to say that older people can't still um, increase their bone mineral density. It's just you want to ideally be hitting as much... I guess, impact and strength training activity as you can before you reach 30 to help increase your bone mineral density to the peak at which it can before it starts to drop off. And like you touched on, vitamin D, so enough sun exposure, um, and then calcium intake, as we know, milk's great for bones. Super important. Yep, definitely. What about muscle mass? What are the advantages of having more, I suppose, a little bit more muscle mass and being able to use it yeah so i guess um as you age you can start to get sarcopenia as well which is basically just wastage of muscle mass um especially with sedentary activity so if you're not really doing too much um obviously the more you move your muscles right the more you use it um the better you're able to maintain or improve your muscle mass it's like the, the common saying use it or lose it right yep um so I guess the main two things for keeping muscle mass we know are um, one, well, the main one is protein synthesis. Yep. So that's just the rate at which protein turnover is happening. So just taking in enough protein throughout the day yep. to facilitate it. Yeah, yeah. Pretty much. Like it's, yep. it's um, I guess the two things that spike that are, as you said, intake of protein and then the second one is strength training yep. or any sort of activity that induces some sort of muscle contraction enough to stimulate protein synthesis. Yep. So if you stop, if you only do strength training once a week, you're only going to get one spike of that protein synthesis 
once a week from that activity. You could be eating, you know, 20 to 30 grams of protein, which is going to induce a little bit of a spike as well for that protein synthesis. But generally, without strength training, the rate at which protein breakdown occurs is going to be higher than the rate at which protein um, building is occurring. Yep. And I think one, probably the biggest incentive for any adult to strength train is for when you have kids. Because you want to be able to play with your kids. You want to be able to pick them up and carry them. You want to be able to just do things with them. You want to go on adventures with them as they grow older. You don't want to be a weak human who has to sit on the couch all day because they never exercise and now they can't do anything fun with their kids. Yeah. That's the biggest incentive, I think, for most people. I definitely don't want to be one of those dads. Um, Well... I guess I would like to be like my dad a little bit, whereas I know as a kid, I played soccer with him, right? And I mm. mean, I knew as he grew older, he was less capable of doing stuff like that. But I feel like, I guess from a man-on-man, a son-on-father perspective, if your father isn't able to do physical abilities with you, you don't really have that fatherly influence of doing yeah. physical activities either. It's a really big part, yep. Yeah. And I think for women, just being able to pick up and hold their children is a really big thing for them. Mm. You want to be able to just just be able to do it effectively. I think it's it's something that's so invaluable, but no no one really um, prioritizes it. Yep. Awesome. Yeah. Um, anything else we need to go through there? I think I think that's just a really great point. Hey, like we obviously we're not parents, but yeah. I can imagine if I was a parent, I would want to be the best influence I can for my kid. Yeah, That's actually another good one. It's just being an influence for your kid. Mm. Um, like it, you see a lot of videos on Instagram and that these days of, you know, uh, people who have like garage gyms and then their kids are sitting there watching them. It's like, that's really cool to see. Yeah, that, yeah. You know, that kid's going to grow up knowing like, wow, look, look what my mom or dad did. Yeah. Like, that's so cool. And they won't be totally unfamiliar to it because they would be like oh like when back when i worked at f45 we had some of the mums they brought their kids in and the mums would be going ham at that that strength training and the kids would be like oh i like look (laughs) at this can i join mum and it's like from an early age they're already like curious as to what it is yeah and you're standing there as the coach going please stay away (laughs) (laughs) i'm gonna get sued (laughs) no it's good Uh, no absolutely it's good for them to have a good influence um, yeah, awesome. So I suppose, um, as people start to age more towards the elderly population, um, what are the big things to think about there? Well, I think your one definitely bone mineral density is definitely big one. Yep. Less fractures, obviously we have a bit, probably a bit better motor pattern as well. Yep. if we do a bit of strength training so less likely to fall because yep. falls risk in elderly population is pretty Huge. big yeah mm. and that has two advantages strength training has two advantages to that because like you said the motor patterns if you can improve your motor patterns and the way that you generally move through life yeah your balance is better your coordination is better and you're less likely to fall but also if you do fall if you have higher bone mineral density you're less likely to fracture something yeah yeah 100% awesome um Post-menopause as well for women. Yes. Yeah. So it's really, really hard to increase bone mineral density for women once they hit menopause. 
um, it's hard to even maintain it because it's on it's on quite a it's like quite a rapid des, uh, rapid decline compared to men um, but yeah women are at a huge risk of low bone mineral density and that's where you see um, a lot of women being diagnosed with um, osteoporosis and osteopenia mm. um, as they start to age just because of that low bone mineral density I think on a positive note though there is still hope like absolutely that you're not doomed to get <laughs> it's like you are doomed to have <laughs> osteoporosis or osteopenia I'm sorry just because you're a woman nah you can there's always obviously ways to help reduce the onset of that it's never too late to start either yes it's never too late to start if you're 60 or 70 years old you can still get into the gym we have an 80 year old 84 year old at my strength tra- like at, wow. at my gym now and he's like he, we have to tell him to stop because <laughs> like he he just doesn't have rest times he just keeps going he does wow. like stuff like ring rows really almost horizontal wow. 84 and like awesome. he'll be doing dips and stuff like that i'm like I want to be like this. I think there's nothing age. more incredible than seeing that though. Yeah. Seeing someone at that age where typically most people are struggling to get up off the couch, seeing them do just incredible movements and still lifting weights and they're super fit. Oh, it's, it's so good to see. Um, yeah. I guess another thing, if we, this is a whole different topic in itself, but if you started to go into the, the clinical side like as you get older um like i guess um disorders like uh parkinson's disease cerebral palsy yep. um multiple obviously multiple sclerosis obviously these things can occur at younger ages as well um or even going into cardiac like coronary artery disease yep. yes oh, actually a big one to touch on so is um diabetes so strength training for diabetes. Yep. Um, so obviously any exercise is going to be great for those sort of co- uh, those populations. But why is strength training super important for people with diabetes? I'm actually curious because I don't really know a lot about that. Well, if it's someone with type 2 diabetes, um, obviously we know strength training, we have to contract our muscles, right? Um and every time we contract our muscles, it uses this molecule called ATP. ATP breaks down to trigger that muscle contraction. ATP is generally a molecule um, that uh, obviously triggers um, the breakdown of that, triggers the muscle contraction. But what fuels that is glucose. Yep. And glucose is the most simplest form of sugar. Um, and for people with type 2 diabetes or hyperglycemia, so high blood glucose levels, uh, the more muscle contractions you have, the more uptake of glucose into the muscles you're going to achieve, and you're going to lower that blood glucose levels. Wow, okay. So one, that's one benefit. So you have more uptake of blood glucose from the blood into the muscles, so you're lowering your hyperglycemia but also you see a neuromuscular adaptation, whereas there's more mitochondria um, in the muscle, which is essentially uh, the powerhouse of the cell, or powerhouse, <laughs> the powerhouse of the cell. Right? We all like that, yeah. And yeah. biology, like grade, grade 10 or whatnot. Yeah, yeah. Um, and we see an increase of mitochondria, um, which allows for more storage 
and uptake of glucose into muscle. So not only are you using more, but with neuromuscular adaptations, you're allowing for more usage more rapidly in the muscle for next time you do activity and more storage um, in the muscle glycogen stores as well. So I guess it's super important for people with type 2 diabetes or hypoglycemia. Like, uh, I guess any sort of cardiovascular exercise is great, but strength training as well, massive improvement with people with diabetes. Yeah. Can't understate that, but... Awesome. And I mean, obviously, if you had it in a perfect world, you would do a combination of both cardiovascular exercise and strength training. Yeah. That's the way you're going to get the best adaptation for basically for anyone is Mm. to do a combination of the two. But if honestly, if I had to recommend one over the other though, I for for people with type two diabetes, I go strength training all the yeah. way. Oh, me too, for sure. Yeah. Awesome. I'm trying to think if we've forgotten anything. Mm, I guess. Um, oh, actually, a, a good way to to end it off could be, why do you strength train, and why do I strength train? Oh. Or what got us to start strength training? <laughs> yeah. Because I feel like. It's all great to talk about the reasons to think strength training, but like for someone that's completely never been into a gym or never strength trained before, how can that how can we better help them to get in the mindset and the mind space of okay, I'm gonna go to gym. Yep. What what's helped us develop that confidence, I guess? You go first if you like. Ah, okay. Give you <laughs> give you some time to think. Oh, I can go first. Yeah, you go. Um so I got into the gym probably, I think it was about three years ago now, um, and Lenny actually got me into the gym. As right as I was starting my degree, um, and I was really skinny, so I was six foot tall and weighed 68 kilos. You're more than six foot, surely. No, no, I'm spot on six foot. No. Yeah, 184 centimeters. That's just above, isn't it? I think it? it's just a touch over, but yeah, it's, yeah. it's minimal, so it's six foot. Um, but yeah, I was really skinny. And the, the main reason I got into the gym was actually just, as any teenager does, wanted to put on some muscle, um, wanted to get bigger. And that gradually turned from wanting to get bigger to just wanting to be stronger and more capable, wanting to learn different movements, challenge myself. Um, and I kind of just found that I really enjoyed it. But yeah, the main thing was trying to build muscle and trying to grow. And so just for reference, now three years later, I'm... Very similar body fat percentage as compared to what I was at the start, but I'm now 82 kilos. I weighed in 82 kilos this morning. So it's a pretty good increase from 68 kilos. And your strength, like your lifts have gone up? Absolutely, yeah, yeah. Um, I've I've almost doubled my deadlift since I started. And how long did you start again? Yeah, About three years ago. About three years ago. Yeah. See, and would you say you've been like consistently every day, like how often no I, I haven't been consistent that entire three years yeah. the first probably the first 18 months I went super consistently um, either between four and six days a week yeah like I went so much to the gym I loved it um, and then uni started to get in the way and I started working more and all that sort of thing life and gets in the way yeah yeah so I sort of I took a break uh, for about nine months um, and completely well, a complete break from the gym, yes, but that was when I started doing other things like trying to run and do, training for that triathlon, and that, so I did, I did I changed it up a bit, took a bit of a break, and now I'm back onto 
training a few days a week consistently again, which is really good. Yeah, but yeah, that's that's what got me into it, and what's kept me going uh, has just been getting stronger. I now just want to train for strength and power, not size anymore. I just want to want to lift as much weight as I can. I feel mm. like it's such an incredible accomplishment to lift a huge amount of weight. Um, like I know that's why I love deadlifting so much because it just it's incredible to think like, wow, I've just deadlifted almost double my body weight off the floor. Like that's amazing, an amazing accomplishment. Yeah. And I think the, the objective, instead of being like, oh, it doesn't look like I'm gaining, like you can really subjectively be biased when it comes to your appearance, but the objective testing is, am I lifting more? Yep. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> there's, no, yeah. there's no subjective. It's yep. whether you are or you aren't. Yep. The numbers don't lie. That's it, yeah, 100%. Yeah, so I guess the main takeaway from that is, you know, even if you get into strength training and obviously you said you were doing it pretty consistently to start, but if you aren't doing it too consistently, if even if you just start, maybe it's two to three times a week, yep. that's better than nothing. I think at the start, it's mainly just about enjoying the process and learning something new. Um and just then about giving it a go. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, you don't have to go five or six days a week either. I probably wouldn't really recommend going that often either because mm. I don't think I rested enough that first year and a half either. Mm. But I mean, I've got, I've got clients at the gym who have been going, to, have been going in 45 minutes um, twice a week with me and they've seen huge improvements. Like we, we train mostly for strength, so focusing on squat, bench press, and deadlift. Yeah. And we test every eight weeks um, for a five rep max, which they're actually transitioning into doing one rep maxes soon. Because I Ooh. think they're yeah, I think they're at a point where we can do it very safely and effectively. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think just get in and give it a go. If it's one or two days a week, that's fine. Yeah. What about yourself? Where did you start? Oh, that's a that's a long story, but I, <laughs> I guess like uh, it was probably back when I was like, I would say like fourteen or fifteen. Mm. No, probably like fifteen or sixteen actually. I started lifting weights at home because we had like a like a garage and just like I started lifting dumbbells and just like we had a bench press. Um, but it was like probably the shittiest setup you can imagine. <laughs> I mean, I still had a bench press, which was I'm pretty lucky about. But I used this this elm tree this very iconic elm tree uh for pull-ups and i just remember doing pull-ups like literally every single day that's how you got your such a good back (laughs) (laughs) but i just i loved calisthenics back then so i did i did like heaps of handstands pull-ups like these uh l-sit levers um i tried to do did you watch what's his name chris harrier on youtube that next yes i did yeah i watched him when i was a teenager as well yeah (laughs) If um for anyone that doesn't know Chris Hay is he's um just search up is it Thenix? Thenix, yeah, Thenix on YouTube. He has some dope videos on like any sort of body weight movement. He's insane. Everyone got into the gym by watching him when they were teenagers. At least everyone (laughs) our age did. (laughs) Yeah. But that's where mine sort of started. Um I guess I've always sort of had like a sporty background though. Like I played soccer as a kid, AFL as a kid, like just general athletics and like long distance running. Um, it wasn't until I moved up to Harvey Bay that I started getting into gym. I'm not exactly sure why I got I started gym. I think I think I just I had like a, a thing that I just wanted to I enjoyed training 
like with weights and body weight and stuff. And so I got a job as a cleaner at Anytime Fitness. Oh, wow. And so that sort of paid for my gym membership while I was in high school. And um, my friend Toby at the time, Toby, yeah, yep. Toby Barnett, shout out to Toby Barnett, <laughs> um, absolute gun um, off his age and, and his... Um, and his body weight. So for those that don't know, Toby has a over 300 kilo squat, um, over 300... Oh, what's his deadlift now? I can't remember now. I think it's... I think it's around a, a 300... I think it's around a 300 kilo deadlift wow, as well. that's incredible. And his bench is something like 170 or 180. Oh my God. Anyway, absolute gun. I think at 18 years old or 19 years old, he broke like the national um mm. record and then maybe the world record for squat in his age division insane anyway um i guess like i started sort of sort of lifting weights before him but i never really got into the powerlifting side like he did and then when i saw the massive improvements he made with his compound lifts so squat bench deadlift that got me into sort of doing that um, um and then i guess that was just a massive learning process as we as we sort of go on i think i think there's a massive as i just said learning process involved in in like your own training absolutely as like from beginner to intermediate to advanced like the you realize how much you don't know as you as you progress and like how much shit there is to know yeah um like around like overtraining um under recovery uh linear periodization and or, that's what led us into our uni degrees i suppose as well is yeah. trying to learn all of that <laughs> <laughs> yeah pretty much but i guess the main point of that i wasn't either i wasn't overly consistent throughout those years either like i would have breaks as well especially on holidays um but i think the main thing is making sure you enjoy it to start with enjoy the process learn something new get out of your comfort zone because um, in the long run it's not going to just develop better motor control and increase muscle mass and increase bone mineral density but also I think it translates into different habits across other areas of Teaches your life you as discipline. well yeah 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 awesome nice I reckon that's pretty good there mm. big very big deep talk there yeah it was good um, yeah the general takeaway is Strength training is good for anyone. There's so many advantages across every age group. Yeah. You can't really go too wrong as long as you're obviously smart about it. Probably look, If you don't know what you're doing, look at getting a coach. It's not a bad thing. Um, I wish I had a coach earlier. Me too, yeah. Mm. Oh, I mean, to be fair, I, I didn't have the money when I started going to uni. I, I, there's no way I could have afforded a coach. Yeah. But I definitely wish I got a coach at the start. wish I was able to. Because um, I think you can avoid a lot of the mistakes that we made at the start. I know I definitely made plenty of mistakes. 100%. You learn yeah. the hard way. <laughs> yeah. That's and it. you probably see a lot of progression easier. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thanks for listening. That's it for today. That's uh, Ben and Lenny out. Sweet.